The Jets lose their 2022 season opener to the Baltimore Ravens. The final score was 24-9 yesterday at MetLife Stadium. The defense was actually pretty good. However, the offense and special teams were bad, and Joe Flacco was abysmal. We'll recap the game today on the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, September 12th, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. This show's free, and it's available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. You'll get notifications as new episodes are posted. If you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps the channel out, and it helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Well, the Jets lost their first game of 2022 yesterday to the Baltimore Ravens. The score was 24-9 at MetLife Stadium, and we're here today to recap the game. And in case you've missed it over the weekend, I did a couple of special shows. I did a Sunday morning kind of mini preview. I also did a post-game recap, a quick post-game recap last night. So I'll play around with some things. I may do a couple more weekend shows around games during the season, but this is our full recap show. This is the game where we break down, this is the show where we break down what happened in the game. And as I mentioned, Jets lose 24 to 9. The game was 24 to 3 with, you know, late in the fourth quarter. So Baltimore was firmly in control of the game. However, this game to me had a little bit of a different feel than a lot of Jets games in recent years. Because the Jets have been so undermanned on their roster. Really, you'd probably say since 2016, 2017, they've consistently had one of the worst rosters in the league. And it's felt like when they faced quality opponents, they never really had a shot. This game, it felt like they had a shot. And I'm not saying that is like, oh, wow, what a moral victory. It's not a moral victory. I'm saying this because they had a shot and they just took themselves out of the game. There was some bad luck, but really, I think this was a game that could have gone in another direction. It was decided by a handful of plays. And let's go through some of these plays. Now, this game began, it was, the conditions were not great at MetLife Stadium. It was clear that there were issues. You had guys on both teams slipping all over the place. You had guys dropping passes, not able to hold on to the football. So obviously conditions played a role in this game. And the offenses were not great. Defenses were good. The offenses were not great. And then the first big break in the game happened in the first quarter when Joe Flacco threw an interception around 10 minutes into the game. It was a play Lawrence Cager slipped on. Flacco was trying to throw to him. So, you know, partially on Cager, partially on the conditions, but a bad throw by Flacco, a ball that just floated, which was one of the stories of the, of the day. It was picked up by Marcus Williams, who, of course, the player the Jets wanted to get signed in free agency, who chose Baltimore, ultimately, which set the Ravens up in good field position. The Jets' defense, though, they played they had played very well up to that point, and they stood tall on the ensuing drive. They forced the three and out. The Ravens got the ball after the interception. Williams returned it to the Jets' 13. Jets forced a three and out, and Baltimore had to settle for a field goal. So it was only 3-0, and this score held to late in the second quarter when LaMarcus Joyner, who was one of the worst Jets on the field in yesterday's game, committed a really bad pass interference penalty on a deep ball. Um, It was just difficult. It it, it was like he lost track of of his surroundings on the field, which was 
one of the stories for Joyner yesterday. Joyner, and we'll get to some of his other mistakes later on, but this set up a play a few a, a, a play a little bit later in the drive where Devin Duvernay beats Bryce Hall for a touchdown on a third and five. It was a 25-yard touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson, and he beat Bryce Hall. Um, you know, I've seen some next-gen stats stuff after about that play, which says, like, Bryce Hall did not allow much separation. I mean, I think if you watched that play in the early stages, Duvernay kind of blew past him, and Lamar Jackson underthrew Duvernay a little bit, and the ball kind of hung in the air, which gave Hall a chance to end up closer than he really should have been, but he still was not in a position to make a play because he lost off the line of scrimmage early in the play. So it was 10-0 at this point. And then before the half, the Jets actually did put together a drive. So Baltimore scored that touchdown around, oh, four minutes left in the first half. Jets put together a drive at the end of the half, but there was a key sequence where on a third down and five play, Joe Flacco hits Tyler Conklin. Really, one of Tyler Conklin really only did two notable things in this game. One was a garbage time touchdown after the game was essentially over late in the fourth quarter. The second notable thing Tyler Conklin did, the only thing he did before garbage time was he caught this pass from Joe Flacco, which should have been a drive-extending reception, but then he fumbled the ball away, and he fumbled it backwards. And fortunately, Garrett Wilson was hustling. Garrett Wilson was aware of his surroundings. He jumped on the ball and preserved a field goal attempt for Greg Zerline, which he connected on from 45 yards out. And Zerline had missed an earlier field goal attempt. That cut it to 10-3. to That was right at the end of the first half. Uh, Baltimore had the chance to run the clock out, but it was 10 to three Jets defense was playing well. I mean, as I said, in the first half, Baltimore got three points off an interception where the Jets defense stood. And then there was kind of a breakdown with, between LaMarcus Joyner committing a penalty and Bryce Hall getting beat off the line of scrimmage by Devin Duvernay. But outside of that, the Jets defense played really well in the first half. So it's 10, three, you got to feel pretty good. I, I mean, I did not feel bad heading to the locker room down 10, three, the Jets were running the ball effectively they averaged 5.7 yards per carry in the first half. The passing game was an issue, but it was a defensive struggle. Jets' defense was playing well. It seemed like, you know, maybe things could pick up. Maybe the Jets had a shot in this game. As I mentioned, not overmatched at all. The Jets then forced a quick uh, punt in the second half when Baltimore received it. Baltimore received the opening kickoff of the second half. Jets forced a quick punt. So it's like, okay, Jets got the ball now. Down 10-3, early third quarter. And things just fell apart. The first play was a play-action pass where Joe Flacco was sacked. The Jets essentially had their drive end on that play. They had to punt. And then the Ravens on the next series, up 10-3, getting the ball back early third quarter, went down the field. The key play was another Duvernay touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson where Joyner again got completely lost. The Jets were in zone coverage, and Joyner jumped up. He Joyner was the deep guy in the middle of the field and just jumped up out of nowhere and like completely lost track of the play and allowed Duvernay to kind of run free. Jordan Whitehead was trailing Duvernay, but I think Jordan Whitehead, uh, it, Duvernay is running across the field in the end zone. Whitehead's expecting Joyner to be there to pass him off and Joyner's nowhere to be found. So that makes it 17-3. Now the Jets are in big trouble here and their offense can't do anything. They just can't get anything going. Um, and then the Ravens get the ball back. And I think this was kind of, there was a two-play sequence that kind of ended the game for the Jets here because it's 17-3, early third quarter. And there was a fumble. DJ Reed forced a fumble on a a decent run. And the ball was loose. And the Jets had a chance to jump on it. And they would have gotten the ball in Baltimore territory. Michael Clemens was near there. Uh, They would have gotten the ball in plus territory around the Baltimore 40-yard line. For for whatever reason, the Jets couldn't jump on it. It I think it was more bad luck. I don't think Michael Clements made a bad play. I don't think anybody else made a bad play. But they had a chance to jump on the ball, get the ball plus territory down 14 in the third quarter. 
Unfortunately, the next play, Baltimore hit a uh, 55-yard touchdown pass to Rashad Bateman. Again, safety breakdown. It was kind of the reverse of what happened the previous play where Jordan Whitehead got lost, and LaMarcus Joyner, I think, was expecting to be able to pass Bateman off to Whitehead. And what's funny about these plays, these two touchdowns, is the first one, people saw Whitehead trailing Duvernay in the end zone. Whitehead was expecting to be able to pass him off, to pass the receiver off to Joyner. But because people saw Whitehead trailing, I think Whitehead got the blame from most people for the play, even though it was really Joyner's fault. And this next play was the opposite, because... People saw Joyner as the closest defender because Whitehead was completely out of position. So people think it was Joyner's fault when it was probably more Whitehead's. So I guess it all evens out in the end. But at any rate, that made the score 24 to 3. And it was pretty much over from that point. Lots of garbage time. In fact, if you're looking at Joe Flacco's stats, you'll find that he threw for over 300 yards, which is not very good when you look at the number of passes he attempted in this game because his average was still pretty terrible. But because it was garbage time, because Baltimore was playing prevent in the through much of the fourth quarter Flacco was actually able to finish with 307 yards that was on 59 passing attempts which tells you all you need to know about the, the quality of this performance but the game was over pretty much but from this point in the third quarter and it's frustrating again because it was a handful of plays here or there maybe break here a play there Jets are right in this thing but there was one area of this game where the Jets gave themselves no chance and that was the quarterback play Joe Flacco was awful in this game We'll talk about what happened as we continue on this Monday episode of Locked On Jets. There's probably a lesson from this game. You don't want to be the team that throws the critical interception. You don't want to be the team that has breakdowns in the secondary. And on the same note, you don't want to be that guy, the guy who goes viral on YouTube because you have a proposal fail and maybe there's an accident and maybe you lose the ring. Well, the guys at Brightco Jewelry Insurance will make sure you can get a replacement for the full value, no matter if it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. Just go to bright.co forward slash locked on. This is the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to cover yourself with the best jewelry insurance in the business. These guys are geniuses. They've made buying insurance for your engagement ring, your watch, or whatever else so easy that you can get covered in two minutes on your cell phone. You will not find a better deal on great coverage that's super affordable. Bright.co forward slash locked on. You may hate insurance, but these guys at Brightco have turned the whole experience around, so it's probably probably the easiest thing you can do for yourself this month. There are no excuses. It's $5 a month, and you can get totally comprehensive coverage. And it won't take you more than two minutes on your cell phone. Again, bright.co forward slash locked on. Check out the videos. They're hilarious. There are lots of blooper vi- videos. My favorite one is a guy trying to propose to his girlfriend on a boat. The boat tips over. The ring is lost. Brightco has you covered if you ever are part of one of these videos. Again, it's bright.co forward slash locked on. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. This show is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We are recapping the Jets' 24-9 defeat at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens yesterday at MetLife Stadium. The Jets begin their season 0-1. It's the fourth straight season the Jets have started 0-1. You know, they have not won an opener since 2018. Sam Darnold's first game against the Detroit Lions. 2019, they blew a huge lead to Buffalo at home. 2020, they got blown out. By Buffalo on the road. Last year, they were not great against Carolina. They, did, they, did, they showed some life in the second half of that game, but really did not perform all that well. And then yesterday, where, I mean, they're right in the game, if not for a few mistakes, a few plays, but that's the difference between winning and losing in the National Football League. Now, I think there was one area, though, where the Jets did not get a winning performance. There were multiple areas where they did not get a winning performance, but there was one area where they gave themselves no chance to win. And I'm sorry, it's Joe Flacco. And you know something? You can make all the excuses you want. And there were lots of players who played poorly in this game. One of the touchdowns I mentioned in the second half, the Duvernay second touchdown, 
That was set up by an awful 20-yard punt by Braden Mann. I mentioned Greg Zorline missed a, missed a field goal early in the game. He also missed an extra point after the Jets scored their touchdown in garbage time. I talked about LaMarcus Joyner all the times he got lost. And listen, I'll say this. That offensive line performance was not good enough. And if we're talking long-term implications for the Jets, that offensive line performance is kind of concerning because we all know about Max Mitchell, the fourth-round rookie. But when you watch that game live, and we'll see what the film has to say, but when you watch that game live, Max Mitchell seemed like the least of the problems. Now, there were some issues. I mean, he did get beat a couple times. But George Fant was terrible in this game. George Fant allowed a pair of sacks. George Fant had a penalty. And I'm worried about George Fant. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm worried about George Fant for a couple of reasons. First of all, he kind of overperformed last year. If you look at George Fant's career performance, last year was kind of an outlier in how how well he played. So that's number one. Number two, though, it just seems like there's a lot going on with George Fant right now. He's not happy with his contract. He voiced some frustration last week about how he keeps getting shuffled from left tackle to right tackle, began training camp at left tackle, moved over to right tackle after the signing of Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton injury. Now that Brown's out, he's back to left tackle. He said he's kind of frustrated, and, you know, in some ways you can kind of understand that. So, you know, you don't know what you're getting out of George Fant going forward. Lakin Tomlinson had an awful game. You know, I, I don't think we need to see the film to know that. I mean, you look at the numbers that have been produced by statistical counting websites, Lakin Tomlinson had a rough game. And they contributed to this loss. But here's the thing. Joe Flacco I mean, gave you no shot at winning. Joe Flacco can't move at all. And I'm not talking like scrambling for 20 yards. I'm talking about sliding within the pocket. You know, Tom Brady, and Flacco's never been Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is not a guy who's super mobile from the standpoint that he's not going to break the pocket a lot and, you know, run, scramble left or right the way, you know, Lamar Jackson will or an Aaron Rodgers will or a Josh Allen will. But Tom Brady can move within the pocket. Tom Brady can read the blocks in front of him. Tom Brady can slide left. He can slide right. He can step up. Joe Flacco, I mean, to the extent he was moving yesterday, it looked like he was stepping into pressure, which was a problem. But bigger problem is it doesn't feel like he can complete a pass down the field. And this has been an ongoing issue with Flacco. I mean, this is nothing new if you follow Flacco's career, late Baltimore, Denver, to a certain extent with the Jets. Although, you know, actually a couple years ago, he had this really odd stretch, this kind of outlier stretch where he was throwing deep. But I just don't know if Flacco has an arm left. Because it felt like, I mean, forget about just velocity. It felt like he could not place the ball unless it was a check down. And I'm talking a check down right in front of him. Passes to the flat, it seemed like. Even check downs to the flat, it seemed like the ball was kind of off target. He wasn't putting it where it needed to go. And yeah, you could talk about the offensive line, and I get it. But, you know, I feel like with a guy like Flacco, and I've seen a lot of analysis today from, you know, a lot of the bigger media names and, you know, listening to the way the game was being announced. And, I feel like in the NFL, if you're around for like a decade and you're a nice guy to the media, people are really hesitant to criticize you late in your career when it's over. And that's what we saw a couple of years ago with Frank Gore, where the Jets built their offense around Frank Gore. And it wasn't Frank Gore's fault, but people just kept, you know, if you watch the Jets game, you'd hear, oh, wow, it's amazing. 37-year-old Frank Gore still going strong. And yesterday, I mean, I heard all the criticism for the offensive line, which was justified, but I don't understand why we're holding an offensive line that's got a fourth-round rookie and just had to be reshuffled this week to a higher standard than 15-year veteran. By the way, a quarterback who the Jets kept telling you, the Jets and the, the Jets kept selling through the, through the training camp in the preseason how great Flacco looked. And now suddenly, you know, I'm blaming everything else on the offense. I'm blaming everything else on somebody else. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And you know something, as much as anything to me, this is a Joe Douglas loss. Because Joe Douglas, for whatever reason, just refuses 
to adequately address the backup quarterback position. And frankly, I think he got lucky last year with, with a Mike White 405-yard game. Otherwise, people wouldn't notice it. But he just kind of ran into a career game from Mike White, and it kind of hid how shaky Joe Douglas's handling of the backup quarterback spot is. Because at the end of the day, the Jets are paying around $6 million to backup quarterbacks. That's about what it costs to find a quality backup quarterback who can execute a game plan. So no matter what you're looking at yesterday, it just was not a winning quarterback performance. And you can't make, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't make an excuse that the Jets were playing their backup quarterback because the backup quarterback should be better than what the Jets got yesterday. Flacco can't do anything. I mean, he's, it, for the stuff you're, you'd expect a veteran quarterback to do, I can't, I mean, there were a number of times where the snap, where the protection was wrong, the Jets were not in the correct protection. There were a number, there were a couple times where the Ravens timed Flacco's snap count correctly. I mean, these are the things the veteran quarterback is supposed to have the advantage on. This, that's the reason you say you get the veteran, veteran quarterback. It just wasn't working. Yes, listen, I'm not saying Flacco is 100% the only reason the Jets lost this game, but he was the biggest reason. And just because it's not 100% Flacco's fault, that doesn't mean that we can just absolve Flacco. That does not mean he was probably the biggest reason the Jets lost this game. Maybe not the, the only reason, but he was the biggest reason. And once the Ravens got up a couple scores, it, you kind of felt like the Jets were not going to be able to move the ball. You felt like they just had no opportunity. And at this point, like, I don't know if Mike White could do better, but I don't think Mike White could do worse than that game. Flacco looks like he's finished. I mean, I have to be honest with you. This may sound like a hot take. It's not. It's something I thought about. And I, I'm not like one to just say cut a guy because he has a bad game. The Jets would almost be better cutting Flacco today and using that roster spot on some sort of developmental player with physical tools or something, somebody with upside, because I don't think the Jets can win a game with a quarterback like that. I don't think Flacco can do anything for you at this point, based on not only what we saw yesterday, but what we saw in the preseason. It was awful. And that's the biggest reason. The Jets. It's not the only reason. Fine. You want to find, you want to play, point the finger at the offensive line. Listen, the offensive line was terrible. And that could have implications when Zach Wilson returns. Hopefully, hopefully the unit gels a little bit. But Flacco gave the Jets no chance to win this game. However, there were some positive notes, and I'd like, always like to end the show on a positive. So as we continue on this Monday episode of Locked On Jets, breaking down Jets, Ravens, we'll talk about some of the good things that happened in this game for the Jets. That's ahead on this Monday episode. Well, it was probably a rough game yesterday for you if you were a daily fantasy player and you took the Jets, especially offensive players. However, next week is another week. And I want to tell you about prize points. Here's how it works. You get two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other players. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you watch. It includes NFL, it includes the NBA, it includes Major League Baseball, the NHL, the PGA, college football, college basketball, men's and women's, soccer, WNBA, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, Euro basketball, cricket, and of course my favorite, disc golf. You can play disc golf, Daily Fantasy. How about that? Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com and play Daily Fantasy Sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, the day after the Jets lose their opener to the Baltimore Ravens. Listen, the Jets lost this game by 15. They were down 21 late in the fourth quarter, so I'm not going to sugarcoat this and act like this was a positive game. There are no, there's no moral victory week one of the NFL season. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your expectations are. And by the way, the Jets are a team that just spent 
$88 million guaranteed in free agency. They just drafted four top 40 picks. They drafted seven players in the top 120 in this game. This is not a moral victory. There were some takeaways, though, that are positive. And as I mentioned, I mean, the Jets did not seem to overmatched, but that's especially true on the defensive side of the ball. And what's interesting about this game is I was very worried about the Jets' run defense holding up because I felt like the Jets did a good job over the offseason improving their pass defense, getting Sauce Gardner, getting DJ Reed at corner, and they both look great. Now, listen, Baltimore has one of the weakest groups at wide receiver in the NFL, so that has to come into play, but they held up well on defense against the pass, but they also held up well against the run, holding Baltimore to 63 yards. They were they were controlling the line of scrimmage. Robert Sala has this vision, rotating guys in and out. You saw lots of rotations. You saw it was almost at some points it's almost like the Jets are changing lines like a hockey team would. It felt like the Jets were controlling the line of scrimmage. There's no question about it. That was a positive development. And really outside of one magical play Lamar Jackson made on a third down scramble, they held Lamar in check. This was a really promising performance. Now, they're going to be more difficult matchups ahead. Ravens had some injuries on the offensive line. They were down to their number three left tackle by the end of the game. So that's something to consider. But this was a really promising performance by the Jets' defense. I th- Entering this game, I was not convinced that they would be able to hold up well. Again, you can't control your opponent. All you can control is how you play. We'll see how things progress going forward. But this was a good first game for the Jets on the defensive side of the ball. As frustrating as the offense was, as frustrating as the special teams were, The defense held up really well. And I have to say, I think lots of promise from the young players. Jermaine Johnson, the guy was kind of quiet. The guy was overshadowed by Michael Clemens in the preseason. He had, it was called half a sack. I thought it was a full sack though. He, you know, he had an excellent rep off the edge, forced Lamar Jackson to step up and then cleaned it up with a sack. I think he got half a sack and Jacob Martin got half a sack. But Jermaine Johnson, guy who, again, was really quiet among all the Jets rookies, looked really solid. Uh, Brees Hall did have a fumble, but I thought it was a decent first game for him. Garrett Wilson, I mean, made a couple of plays. I mentioned the fumble he jumped on, just the hustle play. But, I mean, in the first half of this game, he made this spectacular play on this Flacco. It was a third down and long play. Flacco was under pressure. He just kind of dumped it off across the field, floated it across the field. Garrett Wilson caught it, made like three guys miss, almost got to the sticks. Almost got to the stick. I mean, he, he was nowhere. He had like four guys between him and the marker and somehow made a bunch of guys miss. He also added a couple receptions. Promising game for Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. I don't think Sauce Gardner gave up anything. He drew tough assignments. He drew Mark Andrews on key downs. He held up well. And even the second year guys, Michael Carter looked really good. I mean, of the, I've been vocal. I feel like at the by the end of the year, Brees Hall is going to take over the starting running back job. Not if Michael Carter's got something to say with that. Michael Carter did look like the more explosive of the two backs in this game. Now, he did drop a touchdown pass late in the game in garbage time, but Michael Carter looked really good. In fact, the Jets ran the ball effectively in this game. And I think, you know, you look back on the play call. I wonder about the play calling a little bit because the Jets kind of went away from the run. Now, the numbers are a little skewed because it's like 59 to 17 run versus pass. Now, a lot of that was because they were so far behind in the second half that they had to abandon the run. But even when it was still a reasonable game, I I took a look at it and the Jets were still passing the ball about 60% of the time. I don't think they got the ball out into the perimeter enough to guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. I don't think they ran the ball enough, but... I think the two young running backs looked really good in this game. Again, Garrett Wilson looked good. Elijah Moore had his flashes. If you're looking for young players to step up, I think that there were some po- positive notes from this game. But again, I-, I can't look at this and say, you know, Jets lose 24-9. They're down 24-3 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. I can't look back on this as a positive. And they now face a really important game. You don't want to fall to 0-2 
coming up this week against the Cleveland Browns. And something's got to give at the quarterback position because what they got yesterday was unacceptable from Joe Flacco. And the, their performance, the performances were unacceptable in a lot of areas, but what, you could probably figure out a way to win with that offensive line performance if you have better quarterback play. But even with better offensive line play, I, I don't think you're going to win with the quarterback playing like that. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it where podcasts are found. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, please give it a big thumbs up. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.